Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. We are in week two of college football season. Week one was, uh, well, Nick, there's no other word to sum it up other than week. Uh, a bunch of <laughs> bad games. Uh, just just not a very good slate. Week two promises to be better, but it's not going to be. Uh, proof in the pudding is that this could be the worst game day decision to, to host a game day uh, ever. Clemson is a 33-point favorite over Wake Forest. Uh, game day is going to Winston-Salem. To Wake Forest, Wake Forest is the equivalent to Vanderbilt. Empty stadium. I mean, I, I don't get it. I didn't get it, Nick, until I looked at this, the rest of the schedule. I mean, there's nobody. I mean, the closest thing that could become interesting is Florida State against Georgia Tech. That's the second-best game I could find. So – even though it's a horrible pick, it's a horrible location, a horrible game with Clemson and Wake Forest, it's the best of the worst, if that makes any sense to you at all. Yeah, and I kind of – I get why they did it. Clemson's a big name. It it, it draws yeah. some eyeballs. But I, I do think there's another game uh, on the schedule that could be decent. Iowa State versus uh, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana yeah. Lafayette. That one could be decent too. But you're right, Freddie. This is um, – It's like – yeah, it. But you know what though? It's beggars can't be choosers. So I will try right. whatever football I can get. Um, and it, you know, it's not a bad way to kind of wade, wade, quickly into the season. Whenever you're going to have some cannonballs once the SEC opens play, and it's only conference schedules from here on out. Yeah, I just I just can't see me tuning in to watch this. So I'll uh, I'll get all my chores done. Do get everything I need to get done. Catch up on some rest. Uh, and then uh, tune in at noon, maybe. I, I'll, you know, that was that was miserable to watch, and, and and I actually felt as much as I am go Army beat Navy. I felt sorry for Navy. You could tell that they hadn't they hadn't tackled in months, and and BYU just absolutely mauled them. And with that, you you got people saying BYU is the next coming of. Alabama, uh, I highly doubt that. I think if, I think that game was more of Navy uh, not tackling, not being prepared for the game. And their head coach, Ken, uh, and I won't try to say his last name because I, I don't want to mispronounce it. He's owned, it, owned, owned that issue. He has owned that they did not tackle. They did not prepare properly for the game. And, and my respect level is, is even higher of him for that for not making excuses you know this is this is how he did it and, and it didn't work out correctly but at least he's owned it but but that was you know that was that was an embarrassing uh moment for navy football yeah yeah and it, it, it was kind of like the the varsity was playing the freshman it was just they got yeah, completely bad owned up front um but yeah that that happens when you don't have any preseason practices where you're tackling folks. So, um, yeah, I hope other teams don't fall to the same similar fate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, Nick, Navy, BYU could be a precursor, you know, who prepared correctly, who did not prepare correctly. Because if they wait, if a team waited to see how badly Navy played, how how Navy lacked any kind of physicality whatsoever, 
And if you follow the academies, physicality is how they win football games. Mm -hmm. Physicality and trickery with that triple option. And, and Navy lacked that physicality, and, and that's why they got uh, that's why they got the brakes beat off of them by you know an average to of average team in BYU. So uh, I hope folks don't get carried away with the BYU train yet until they play somebody. Um, Austin Dotson had a good day of practice, Nick Roush, at left guard. That was that's a concern. Uh, and of course, he was out. Austin Dotson came in, had a good day of practice. That has to be encouraging, not only for the starting position at left guard, but Kentucky's going to need a swing guard like Mason Wolf was last year. Mason relieved uh, Logan Stenberg at times. He relieved. Luke Fortner at times, he played left and right. I think having both of those guys ready to go uh, is a benefit. But, you know, I remember I had an awful high grade of Austin Dotson coming up high. And I do think the potential there, obviously the size and strength is there. Uh, strength are, are there. And uh, I'm glad to see he had a good day and putting it all together. And, and I think that he and Horsey, uh, Kenneth Horsey, can, can man that left guard position and whoever does not win the job can become the swing guard and play left and right. Yeah. And the way they kind of had it set up, Freddie, uh, Nasir Watkins is the swing tackle. Um, yeah. and, and they had been doing a lot with Darian Kennard where they, they were letting him play some guard. Um, so you, you, it made you kind of worry a little bit about what their thoughts were on their guard position, but it was good to see Dotson uh, step up in that role. And it's it's just good. I mean, he's yeah. a Belfry boy. You know, like, it, there's nothing yeah. that will make folks uh -huh. in Eastern Kentucky happier than a big old guy from Belfry just mowing dudes down. I don't think he has a mullet, well, Freddie, but he does have a, quite a nice flow, though, I believe. Nice, nice. You know, I, you know, a wise football man once told me that, can, that the University of Kentucky needs – two to three starting offensive linemen a year from the state of Kentucky. The state of Kentucky can sustain and produce offensive linemen at that rate. And we've seen that come to fruition here in the last few years. Uh, it does not – Kentucky is starting to produce more skilled players. Um, but right now, Kentucky had, had, needs, to, needs to have Kentucky KHSAA products on the offensive line. And I think I think Kentucky can do so. And I'm very encouraged to see that Austin Dotson had a good day. And uh, I'm less worried about that left guard position than I was uh, before I heard that news. Um, speaking of Darian Kennard, Nick Rouse, did you know that Darian Kennard is the highest graded offensive lineman that will be playing this fall in the country as per PFF? Now, let, let me clarify that statement. Uh, so that's, that, that, includes, um, that includes the ACC, SEC, and the Big 12, those offensive linemen, and the group of five offensive linemen uh, from the group of five conferences. That does not include the Pac-12 or the Big 10. So – what that means is the teams that are actually playing this fall, of every team, Darren Kennard is the highest-graded offensive lineman that's going to be on the field. Nick Roush, I think that is a tremendous honor for Darian. And yet another, uh, uh, another staple that is telling me 
that this is uh, 2020 will be Darren Kennard's last year in Lexington before he goes on to the NFL. Uh, I think he's incredibly tested. I think he can play ta- right tackle or guard. Uh, uh, and that, that, that diversity will help him in the NFL. Great size for 6'5", 6'6", 335 or 40, and, and can move. Great athlete to be that size. Um, I think we need to celebrate and enjoy watching Darian Kennard in 2020 because this may be our last year to watch him in, on Kroger Field. What I like too, Freddie, is you have Kennard there, but you also got Wayne and Young on the other side. And I love during the, the coaches show the other day, uh, Stoops got asked, who's the best tackle in the country, Darian Kennard or, or Landon Young? Well, that's true. I mean, it's arguable that, that Landon and Darian are the, the best offensive tackle combination uh, in the country. I mean, it's very arguable, especially in the SEC. Then, you know, if you're the best tackle combo in the SEC, then, not, then you're obviously uh, in the hunt or should be up top of the list of best offensive tackle combination in the country. And I would ask you this, Nick Roush, Darren Kennard is is low-key superstar that's been at UK since whom? Dwayne Robertson, because, I mean, during during his last year at UK, I mean, he, he was good, but the, the Dummers weren't out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Can, can you compare? <sighs> because, I mean, he is a, he is a star. And I'm not so sure that that that. I mean, I think I'm as much to blame as anybody. I don't think the Kentucky media is making enough of him being a, being a star and being a, being as rated as high as he is. I still think he's a low key star, and uh, uh, you know, it, it, I, I don't know who is he. Who who before him was another low key superstar that went on to have uh, professional success. Yeah, it's hard to say, and I, I think some of that is because Kennard is a very uh, matter-of-fact, goes-about-his-business guy. He's not going to give yeah. you these crazy quotes or anything, or he's not like Lane and Young, good old boy. Right. So I don't know. It, it'd be tough because most of the guys who went on to had success at least had a, a lot of production, you know, when you look at your linebackers like Danny Trevathan or Avery Williamson. So it's uh, it, it's a short list that Darian Kennard's on as far as recognition versus uh, – what he actually can do on the football field. You know, Kentucky went from 1993 to 2013 without an offensive lineman being drafted. That's wild. Todd Perry was drafted in 1993. And in 2013, oh, my goodness, the name's slipping me. Oh, man, come on, Freddie. I'm getting old, Nick. Larry Warford. Yeah, Warford was next. I, and that's a good comparison. I think Warford is a good comparison to Darian Kennard. Yeah, he's you been know? a pro bowler three times maybe. Yeah, quiet, goes about his business, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't bring attention to himself. Uh, the best at his position in the SEC that year, so is Darian Kennard. So I think that is that, that is a, a good comparison, not positional-wise, but – Low-key superstar-wise. Does that make sense, Nick, or am I yeah. talking out of my head? I get it. Well, you know, you're a superstar, but you're not getting the the accolades and stuff. And that, and that typically comes from a position like your interior defensive lineman or your offensive lineman because there's just not stats there for people to grasp onto, you know? Right, yeah. 
Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Nick Roush, you know, I've been doing here. I was researching because, you know, I was wondering why in the world is game day going to Winston-Salem? Winston-Salem for Clemson and Wake Forest with, with Clemson being a 33-point favorite. Uh, and I discovered that's probably the best game out there. Then I started looking at schedules. And, uh, you know, Kentucky and Louisville are side-by-side side in so many polls and rankings whether it be, you know, top whatever, 25 without the conferences that play. And, you know, there's usually one, two uh, uh, spot separation between the two. Would that, is that a correct assumption, uh, Nick Roush? Yeah. yeah, I think depending on who's putting it together, they're usually one yeah. or two spots apart with either Wolf or Kentucky being ahead. One poll, one, one distinction that is vast is schedules. Our schedules, Nick Roush. Louisville plays one ranked opponent in the top twenty, top twenty-five AP poll, and that's Notre Dame at ten. Somehow, some way, Louisville dodges North Carolina and Clemson within their own division. So how does the? I mean, does the ACC? It blows my mind. Looked like you would play everybody into your division, plus your cross rival, plus one more. And then an initial game like WKU, but no, Louisville skips out and misses Clemson and North Carolina, the top two teams in that division, and plays one ranked opponent, which is Notre Dame at tenth. Let me contrast that with Kentucky schedule. Kentucky plays three top ten opponents: number three Alabama, number four Georgia, number eight Florida. Then, on top of that, number 11, Auburn, and number 25, Tennessee. And this so, is including all of your Big Ten teams, too. Like, this is yeah. including everybody. Right. Exactly. So, I mean. It's apples and oranges, <laughs> really. Give Louisville some more uh, icing for that cupcake schedule they got. Uh, I think Kentucky would – I think Kentucky could run the table with Louisville's schedule. Maybe I think Notre Dame will give them a good game, uh, but but you know, and, and you know me, Nick. I'm not an I'm, I'm not a Louisville hater. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't play Louisville. I don't have that deep hatred that that Jared Lorenzen had. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just objectively looking at this schedule and just comparing the two, and it is apples and oranges, man. So I don't know. So at the end of the year, when you, when when the bragging rights comes out because they're not going to play. Uh, it, it certainly isn't an even playing field. They um they do get Florida State and Virginia Tech at home, who like both yeah. of those could be decent, but they're like you said, they're both at home, and then yeah. uh, they go on the road to or no, they've got Miami at home as well. So I guess De'Aaron King could put up some big numbers, but you're right, Freddie. There isn't a whole lot on that schedule. And the funny part too is people get really upset that Louisville was only going to have 12,000 people at their home games. You're like, oh, come on. Why are you, why are you keeping us out? Cardinal Stadium. Uh, well, now that <laughs> the season ticket holders didn't take up all the tickets, so they're actually selling tickets to the general public uh, Thursday oh, morning good. to try to fill up their stadium. So they couldn't even fill up their stadium with their season ticket holders with just 12,000 <laughs> tickets out there. Where's the, where is the WKU game? It's at, it's at Cardinal Stadium. Okay, good, yeah. Yeah, that 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 shoot. I mean, you know, that's good. 
I give WKU a shot against Boston College seven times and Pitt and Syracuse and you know that bunch. So I mean, again, a great. And I'm not, I'm not hating. I'm not jealous. But Louisville, you better thank the football guys that you got you got the best schedule in college football this year. Um. All right, let's get on to the Auburn defense. I wrote a story on KentuckySportsRadio.com about the Auburn defense. Now, Auburn's defense kept it in the games last year because of Bo Nix being a true freshman quarterback. Had some struggles, but I think Bo Nix is a rising star in this league. I like his game. I like his toughness. I like everything about Bo Nix. Uh, I think he's a, he's an alpha competitor. I think he's tough. Um, I like him. I like him a lot, Nick Roush. But let's get back to the defense. Uh, Auburn loses two defensive linemen, two, a defensive tackle, and an edge player that can be considered a defensive end. And that is uh, Derek Brown went number seven in the first round of the Panthers, and Marlon Davidson. Uh, who plays the uh, plays the same position as as Josh Allen did at Kentucky? Uh, that Jack linebacker went the second round of the Falcons. So you, you have to produce, you have to replace two out of the three uh, line of scrimmage players, both All Americans. So you got you you're replacing two All Americans up front. You, re, you have to replace four starters in the secondary. So four of the five starters in the secondary for Auburn are gone. Uh, the only returning uh, starter in the secondary is Christian Tut, and he plays the star position, which is like a nickel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to replace everything there, so that that that's a that will be something uh, that will be something to watch. And yeah. then, but I, I will here's say, the deal. Yeah, they they do have two guys back that are pretty good, in Big Cat and uh, KJ Britt. KJ Britt, you think he's the best linebacker in the SEC, or are you giving that to Mosley? See, that's where I was going next. Auburn has arguably the best linebacker core in the SEC and nation. Um, I mean, I've heard some serious football people brag of that and say that Auburn has the best linebacker core in the country. Big Cat, like you said, he's back. Uh, you know, he, he, he's poised for a breakout year. Um, so he has 16 tackles. Two tackles for loss and one and a half quarterback sacks last year. Uh, I think he is poised. But then KJ Britt, 69 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, highly productive, uh, very sturdy linebacker. But I will say this that Owen Papo has all American talent at linebacker. He was a freshman last year, Nick Roush. Had 49 tackles, three tackles for loss, and two quarterback sacks. It's pretty good for a people freshman. around. <laughs> people around that, yeah, people around that Auburn program believe that he has, he has All American uh, potential in his future and will play on Sundays. So, and then the other highly uh, uh, active linebacker, Zacoby McLean, had 55 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, and and 0.5 quarterback sacks. So, I mean, that's a big chunk of production coming back. Um, so, you have to replace two All-Americans up front, but then you get the best, arguably the best linebacker core in the country 
and in the SEC, arguably, and then replace four starters in the secondary. So you got you got you got a questionable level up front, the strongest level in the middle, and a questionable level in in in, in the backfield. Uh, I think it's a very talented defense. Kevin Steele is the coordinator, and him and his two point five million dollars per year salary uh, will bring will bring his three four version uh, onto the plains and try to stop Kentucky. Here's what I do like, Nick Roush. Mm-hmm. I like Kentucky's offensive line matchup against that defensive line from Auburn. But here's here's what's going to have to happen. Luke Fortner, Austin Dotson, Kenneth Horsey, Drake Jackson are going to have to get up to that second level. They're going to have to work their way past the, 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 nose, the nose tackle, past the defensive tackle, and get up to the, to the second level and block K.J. Britt, block Owen Papo, block Zacoby McLean, block Big Cat Brown. I mean, you, they're going to have to get up to that second level. If they do that, I think I like this matchup with Kentucky against that front seven for Auburn, but it's going to be awful tough for those linebackers. So well, uh, the the good if, thing is, Freddie, when it when it comes to that, is that's Kentucky's base. So yeah, you know, it's not like that. This is something new. I mean, they're going up against an even better defensive line in practice, and they're working up on getting to that second level. To kind of yeah. open running lane, so it, it won't be something new for them. But that really is the key in any three-four de- defenses: getting a, a body on linebackers to the second level. Because if not, yeah, they're just me racking up tackles. Got to get up to them, Nick Rouse. Got to get up to them. Another thing I like about I don't, well, I don't like about, but is noticeable about the Auburn defense: there are two safeties, six-two, two-twenty, six-two, two-hundred. Now, Big not too many. Not too many safeties can hold up to the pounding that the Kentucky running game will put put on them, right? Not too many safeties are wanting to stick their neck in there and and mix it up with uh, three running backs over 200 pounds with that offensive line. But Auburn safeties are built to do that. They're they're big, they're strong, they're fast. Uh, we'll see how they tackle because they're going to have to tackle because I think Kentucky's going to hit a few creases creases and. Uh, that's interesting, but I think that's something to look at as we go into that game is the size and physicality of the safeties and how well they tackle in open space. Because, you know, again. Especially with so many explosive guys for UK, you know. Like yeah, yeah. Pretty much all Eddie the Graham. running backs are home run hitters, you know. Yeah, and Eddie Graham wants to what, hit uh, at one out of eight plays being explosive plays. Is that That's what he said the other yes. day. He's, he, they, they were I mean, one that's, out of nine in the scrimmage, so. Yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, <laughs> Nick Roush, I don't know if you've noticed on uh, on the website, uh, but the but Kentucky Sports Radio has partnered with Kroger, mm-hmm. and Kroger presents the KSR High School Game of the Week. Week one is features uh, Frederick Douglass versus North Harden, and it's going to be played on the farm at Frederick Douglass on Friday night. Uh, leading up to that, and, and this is going to be on the website today also, is Drew Franklin and myself and Maria will be at the Kroger Marketplace on Richmond Road, 3101 Richmond Road at 4 p.m. on Friday, where we will record a Facebook Live. And thanks to our friends at Kroger, I will have 
a sack full of Kroger gift cards to mm. give away. So but to get, to get a gift card, to give to get a gift card, you have to be there in person, and you have to tell me these exact same words. Kroger presents the KSR, KSR game of the week. Oh, I'll say it again. That's easy. Kro, Kroger presents the KSR, KSR game of the week. I thought you were going to make it like something like Drew's mustache is stupid, but the KSR game, Kroger presents KSR game of the week. That's easy to remember. You say that you're there in person and we will give you a Kroger gift uh, gift card. As long as, uh, as long as we don't, well, when we run out, we run out. So mm -hmm. they're going to be limited. So get there and, and come see us. We'll be at the uh, food coffee section, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, just find us and, and we'll be there from four to five o'clock on Friday. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And that Very game exciting. is that game is going to be exciting. Nick Roush Kroger yep. KSR game of the week um, Four Kentucky commits mm -hmm. the number one player in the, in the state of Kentucky this year, Jagger Burton uh, guard tackle center, offensive lineman, whatever position that he decides or, 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 or John Schlarman decides that he wants to play, he can play. Um, Dekel Crowdis is the number two player in the state of Kentucky in the class of 2021 wide receiver, uh, speedster, very, very fast, and they will be featured. North Harden has two Kentucky commits as well. Mm -hmm. Jordan Lovett, a six foot two, 195 pound safety. That's Nick Roush, safety. I love that size. <laughs> yeah, I love that size. I, I tell you, as a quarterback. Uh, you know, when, when you're when you're staring down them, staring down defenses within the SEC, there's nothing more that frustrated me or concerned me in three years of starting than safeties that are six two, six three, two hundred pounds or so. For a couple of reasons: one, because they're going to thump you when they come downhill and against the run; two. Is they can get in throwing lanes and with a with a with a catch radius that is larger than a 175 safety. Their their catch radius is is larger. They can deflect deflect footballs over the middle. Very frustrating to go against big safeties like that. I love the size of Jordan. Love it. Lavelle Wright, six foot, two hundred four pound running back. Uh, another explosive athlete. Going to be fun to watch. Also in that game is 2022 Dane Key, 6'2", 180-pound wide receiver, much like Jagger Burton's been offered by everybody in the country. Uh, there's up to almost 10 players going to be playing in this game, Nick Roush, with U.K. offers. That's right. Uh, I know I, I, Douglas Corners have offers as well. So oh, a lot of talent on the field Friday night. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a game in the state of Kentucky that has that much college talent on the field. Have you, have you, honest to goodness? The male Trinity 2002 state championship was close because they had a male. Michael had a Bush? Couple, yeah, Michael Bush, Brian Brown. But then male had a receiver, Spencer, who went to Tennessee and then I think transferred back to Louisville. Um, and then I think Trinity, a couple guys went to like Mac schools, but not the power five kind of offers that you have so far, especially in, at the underclassmen level, like that, yeah. that's what's even more mind blowing is that, you know, some of these guys are sophomores and juniors and they've got huge power five offers already. Yeah. I mean, you know, just look at the commits in this game. 
Crowdis and Burton both had offers from you name it, Alabama, Clemson. I mean, all the big players, all the national rated, you know, top five teams in the country offered these guys. And that's just a whole heck of a lot of talent going to be in one place, right. in one game at one time, Nick Roush. Yeah, I'm excited to see. And you a, will be there, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, I'm I'm pumped to to see Dekel Crowdis' speed in person. Like you can't, it's hard to quantify that when you're watching from afar. And I'm also like these guys only had a couple of weeks to get ready. So how is Jordan Lovett? Like, is is there going to be a bad angle taken on Crowdis because he's so fast? Like, what are the kind of hiccups they've got to get out of the way? Because it's probably going to be a really fast first quarter where you see you know, a little bit of sloppy play before they really settle it down. Because it almost has a state championship kind of feel to it in that a lot of these kids weren't even sure if they were going to play in this game. So they're going to be fired up just the fact that they get to play football this fall. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of that, Nick Roush. Ooh, one, one, one more thing about the game, Freddie, I want to mention before we move on. Go right ahead. There's, there's uh, For a lot of folks, you're not going to be able to attend. That's the one downside to COVID high school football. Right. There's, there's the, the rules vary from place to place, um, but in the Fayette County Public Schools, I believe just players from each team are going to get five tickets to give out to family and friends. But um, the game will be streamed online, and we'll have that at KentuckySportsRadio.com for you to be able to watch for free. So luckily streaming is cheaper and easier to do than ever before. So uh, we'll have all of that on KentuckySportsRadio.com. Yeah, and, and KSR will be there with full force. And, uh... Uh, you know, Nick will be there. I'll be there. Matt's planning on being there. Um, we'll have our photographer, uh, Dr. Mike, there. Yeah, and B-Rose will be there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and our videographer there. So, uh, we will be well represented, and uh, we will cover the game. I think Nick is going to cover the game as a so-called beat writer, quote-unquote, <laughs> correct? I mean, yeah, like, you're yeah. covering the game, you know, like – like, uh, and, and I'm just focusing on the uh, – uh, the UK guys. So, nice. and I will highlight those guys as they go through on social media. Uh, we will come up with a catchy hashtag and uh, we'll send that out uh, a little bit later. So, good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, good stuff. Speaking of football starting tonight, Nick Rush, we have the Chiefs and the Texans. First uh, NFL game of the game of the scene of the season, featuring two of the best two of the top three quarter young quarterbacks in the game in Mahomes uh, and Deshaun Watson. Um, I think Mahomes in my lifetime, Nick Roush, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, you know, I, I can see a little bit of Roger Staubach in him. I can see a little bit of Brett Favre in him. Um, I can see a little bit of Aaron Rodgers in him. But I think he's better than all three of those guys. Wow. Um, I, 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 you know, and I've, I've, I've thought about this for a couple of days and I hate to, to, you know, I'm, I'm not one of these guys that thinks that the old days are the best days. I try to even the playing field and, you know, take in consideration rule changes and schematic changes, but I've Patrick Mahomes arm talent is a skill that I have never seen before. And uh, when, you, when you have a skill that has never been seen before, I, I think that's something special, and that's how special I think Patrick Mahomes is. 
Uh, now, Deshaun Watson, I, I think, is, is incredibly special himself. And, and I think he is a, just the epitome of a team leader, uh, of, of just, a, just a tremendous quarterback within his own right. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, that, uh, I think that Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are on, on, on a total separate level. I know Lamar has been compared to Michael Vick, um, in my opinion. And, again, this is just my opinion. Uh, I, I think Lamar is way better than Michael Vick was. Uh, so, Lamar does things with his legs that I've never seen before. So, that's two unique talents that are both uh, under the age of 25 that we get to watch play for quite a while. And, and I think the NFL quarterback position is in good hands with those three young guys. Somebody uh, mentioned it this morning on my radio show, Kentucky Roll Call, 7 to 9 on Big X Sports Radio. We hear Monday Tune through in. Friday. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, the, like, Jackson versus Mahomes could be the next Brady Manning. And I, yeah. I want that to happen so badly because both teams are already great. Both quarterbacks are already great, and they're so young. Uh, and to have them in the same conference to potentially meet in championship games, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, although I will say Lamar, he he needs a little bit more help at wide receiver right now. Mahomes has a ton of weapons yeah. uh, with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. They add Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the draft, who I think is just perfect for that team. And absolutely got it pretty back on defense. Lamar needs a few more weapons to work with. Yeah, but I sure as heck enjoy watching him play the game of football. Oh, yeah. I really do, man. He's man. he is so fun to watch. Freddie, that uh, the game it would have been twenty seventeen. I was walking down in Kroger Field. So this is the year after he fumbled in Kentucky, upset him at Cardinal Stadium. And yeah. I was watching him warm up, and I was just like, oh, God, this isn't going to be good. He had the look in his eyes like, I'm, I'm here to just kill all of you all. And I just, yeah. you, you just knew it was going to happen. Like, you can't stop a talent like that when they're in this. Right. Area. Yeah. And I think there are, there are certain Louisville players that transcend the, the rivalry. And I think Lamar is one, and I think Teddy Bridgewater is another uh, that that Kentucky fans can stand behind and and be proud of uh, their accomplishments. Teddy, for for who he is on the field and off, uh, just just a fine fine uh, leader. Uh, just just everything does is just first class, and a good quarterback. And then what Lamar has done, you know, and, and hearing. You know, from guys in the league and guys from around the league, my contacts in the NFL uh, talk about how Lamar's leadership isn't discussed enough and how great of a leader that he is. And one word that several of my NFL contacts say when they describe Lamar Jackson is selfless. And, and I think that's high praise for a, for a leader on any team is to be selfless. So I think those two guys, uh, you know, I think they transcend the rivalry and, and uh, we can all pull behind them. But, you know, now it's time to take sides. Uh, you know, I wish Western the absolute very best in health throughout the season. What wish Louisville the best in health throughout the season and obviously Kentucky because uh, it's time to kick it off. And, and then I think the U plays tonight, correct? Yeah, they, uh, they got UAB. So I, uh... it, that's it, Miami. Yeah, it's at Miami. So if there's a twelve thousand fan limit, it'll be about an average crowd that they normally get. Uh, they, they might get six in there, Freddie. 
you know, they, they could still do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do think. Hey, that, and it's not, it's not their fault. I mean, that, their stadium is 30 minutes away from campus and it's a professional stadium. I mean, you know, Miami took a big hit when the orange bowl was, was torn down. Right. I think right. that, that took, that took a lot of the, uh, the persona of the U that, that, and it took a, just a huge chunk of, of, of everything from that program when, when the orange bowl was torn down and they had to move to the, to, to the pro stadium 30 miles away from campus. And, and that's just that was bad, bad for, bad for Miami. And, uh, you know, and, and it's shown to be quite honest with you. Yeah. I, I, I want to see if De'Eric King lives up to the hype, but uh, until then, if, if I'm a game of man, I'm taking UAB in the points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Newman transferred from Wake Forest to Georgia, opted ops out of this season to prepare for the NFL draft, I guess. Uh, you know, I've not seen him very, I've not seen him ranked very high on many draft lists, but hey, uh, you know, you do you, and, and if that's what he feels best for him, then then more power to him, man. Uh, so, Georgia's still waiting on eligibility certification on their quarterback that transferred from USC, correct? Correct. I, I, I don't okay. – yeah, it'll, it'll go to Daniels. I don't know if he's been cleared to play or not. Last I Here's checked, what's he... going to happen. He's from California. He's going to list the reason for transfer is moving closer to home to Georgia, and he will be cleared before Joey Gatewood. He already has been cleared. I Who's think. that? JT Daniels. I'm Daniels. pretty sure he's already been cleared, but he, he he's still rehabbing that ACL. So oh, okay, that that's where he well, might yeah, not be. I can't. Video. I can't keep up with all that. Who's cleared? Who's not cleared? Crap. Yeah, it's a bunch of time. junk. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, Nick Roush, it's been fun talking, man. Uh, look for more. Kroger presents the KSR Game of the Week uh, post coming out on the website. Uh, Nick, and, Nick and I will be there to cover the game. We'll have all the, uh, the still photographs. We cannot, uh, uh, live, we cannot shoot live video at the game, so we'll have that somehow later, uh, and we'll work through that. Uh, but we'll have the game covered in several different angles. And uh, we hope you enjoy. And we like to hear from you. We'd like to hear from you on, on where we should go next week. Uh, Kentucky has 120 counties and a lot of high schools that play football. So let us know what you think the Kroger KSR game of the week should be. Who should be those two teams playing? And we're going to get 100 different answers, and that's okay. That's what makes this fun. And, exactly. uh, yeah, and sometimes we're going to hit a home run and sometimes you're not going to agree with where we go. But, hey, it's part of it. We'll go through this together. We'll navigate this football season together. Uh, Nick Roush, I appreciate you hosting this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. And we'll be back next Thursday for another edition of the Depth Start Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>